0: Welcome to Minimalish, a podcast about minimalism, sort of. I'm your host, Desiree, and I strongly believe that minimalism isn't meant to be an identity, a standard to live up to, a set of rules, or anything along those lines, but rather just a tool to help us make room for the things that matter in our lives. And it looks different for everyone. Each week you'll find me here having conversations about living with less, realistically, and the things that matter, like motherhood and family, intentional living, mindset, loving our people, and everything in between. More than anything, it's my goal to remind you, and often myself too, that you're worthy of creating a life filled up with what matters to you, and that you're already enough, just as you are. I'm so glad you're here, friend. Here's today's episode. Hi, friend. Welcome back to Minimalish. I'm so glad you're here. I know you're going to love today's conversation. I have a guest today, Courtney Berg of Mumbo Jumbo. She is just at Courtney Berg on Instagram, and her blog is mombojombo.com. That's M-O-M. I know we typically see that word as M-U-M, so I wanted to clarify that. But Courtney is a mom and a wife, and she does work online all around boundaries and healing. I honestly cannot say that I could put a definition to boundaries for a really long time or that I even really had healthy boundaries in my own life. Minimalism helped me start building those. It helped me start building boundaries, especially within my own day and deciding what my own priorities looked like and saying no to most things that distracted me from those things. So, with that said, the topic of boundaries goes so much wider and deeper than what I have personally started to learn about them and what I've personally practiced in my own life. And that's why I am so excited that I got to bring Courtney on the show. I love our conversation. I think it is such a good Boundaries 101 for anyone who's kind of like, what even does this look like? How do I start? What are some boundaries that I could put into place that can really changed my life? And why do I even need boundaries again? Because what does this even all mean? If those are the questions that are resounding in your head, this is the episode for you. But in case you're questioning it and wondering what this even all means, I do want to note that the way we use boundaries in our life looks a lot like giving ourselves permission to do what's best for us. And as Courtney notes in our conversation today, putting a vote in the bucket of our own self-worth. Boundaries give us confidence, they build us up, and that is such a worthy cause because if you haven't heard me say this before, you are enough and you need to believe in your enoughness, boundaries can help us start on that path to believing our worth and believing that we are enough. If you love this episode, go ahead and screenshot yourself listening into it, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram, share it on Facebook, wherever you like to share things. But If you do share it on Instagram, make sure you tag me because I want to personally thank you. Also, just a note, if your Instagram profile is private, I just learned this this past week, I will not see that you've shared, even if you tag me. So with that note, if you do share it on Instagram and you want me to see and your profile is private, you might have to screenshot it and send it to me through a DM and I will be happy to to chat with you there. So just wanted to kind of make that note that I tell you week after week to tag me so I can see and so I can personally thank you. Meanwhile, some of you might be tagging me and I can't personally thank you because I cannot see that you're doing it. So I just had to mention that, but either way, thank you so much for sharing in whatever way that you do. This helps more ears get listening in to Minimalish and I am super grateful for that because I love this community. I I love how it's growing and it is such a joy to hang out with you here every single week. I'm so grateful. So grateful for you. All right, let's just dive right into my conversation with Courtney. Courtney. Hi, Courtney. I can't wait to talk to you all about your work around boundaries and healing and just everything that kind of led you to this work. So before we get started with all of that, can you just talk a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm Courtney. I live in South Florida. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom to two little girls and follower of Jesus. We've talked about that before. And I just write and it's share about healing. And I'm also in school. So I'm a student. So I wear a lot of different hats, but kind of they all, they all work together. <laughs> what are you going to school for right now? Psychology. So I'm actually graduating um, in like six weeks, hopefully. <laughs> I'm like yeah. trucking through. And then I start my next program in January for psychology as well. That's
0: awesome. And yeah, are you like looking to do something specific with it? Or is it to relate with everything that you're already doing?
1: You know, it's, I've always been that kind of nerd introvert that like, liked reading about this stuff. Um, I remember being like a teenager watching Silence of the Lambs. And I was like, obsessed with it and just thought that understanding the mind and the way people behave. Um, it just was fascinating to me. So when I went back to school, um, I was 30. So I dropped out originally and went back to school at 30 and just said, I'm going to study what I like. And that was it. So psychology to me kind of encompasses a lot of that right now. I'm studying a lot of, um, social psychology. So kind of like how we interact within a group. Um, but I also love the, uh, physiology behind it. So the way, we feel and how we interpret that and how that kind of lays into our, to our actions and choices. So I guess all of it, I'm kind of, I'm really interested in just the human behavior and also the spiritual side and the physical side. And to me, it's psychology, like I said, kind of incorporates all of that.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So, okay. Tell me a little bit more about your work around healing and boundaries. What led you to start doing all of this?
1: Uh, So initially what started my healing journey was I struggled with drugs and alcohol for a long time, but I was like a performer. I was also a straight A student. I was, you know, a varsity soccer captain. I got a college scholarship. I was president of my class. So, on the outside, I was really great at um, masking a lot of the pain that I carried. And over the course of time, that emptiness started creeping up on me and it, and it manifested into shingles and headaches and lower back pain and sleepless nights and um, of course the drinking and drugs you know and I just was kind of running from myself but didn't know it at the time and um, actually five years ago last week I um, entered rehab and that kind of began my course of healing from addiction um, and then setting boundary work boundary work was probably the first tool I embraced, you know, as a sober woman, because I had to enter back into my life and figure out how to navigate old family relationships that weren't necessarily healthy for me anymore, or old friendships that weren't necessarily aligned with where I was headed or what I wanted to do uh, anymore. And so boundary work for me um, was the beginning of that. And it's still one of the, the foundational principles that I use every day. So that's kind of where it, it began. And then the writing, I've always, I've always been a writer, but I um, was encouraged by my husband about four years ago to start sharing my work on my blog and online. And that's kind of where I've gotten to with, with the work, you know?
0: Yeah. So did your addiction, was that starting in high school?
1: It, it was, um, you know, I, I did the typical like experimenting or so I thought and partying or so I thought, but you know, Mm -hmm. I really struggled with like insecurity and depression. My, my parents separated when I was like 16 and we moved out of my childhood home. It really wasn't a talked about. Um, and, and there's also a long lineage of addiction in my family, which I thought I could kind of dodge that bullet. And I think for some they can, but for me, I, I don't think that I had the resources or the support or the knowledge of addiction, um, and and so it kind of crept up on me. I, it was like a little partying here and there, turned into blackouts here and there. But I never thought it was an issue because I was still doing so well in school, and I still was liked by everyone, and and I never really got you know I didn't get DUIs, and I didn't I didn't get into trouble, and so I thought, well, I'm gonna outgrow this, and I didn't. You know, it just got it got progressively worse. Um, there was times where I was able to kind of white knuckle it and not drink for six months out of a t- at a time and thought that, well, then I must not have a problem because I can stop. But the reality was I thought about it a lot and it kind of controlled a lot of my thinking. I mean, for example, I didn't want to go to places where it was like there wasn't alcohol available. Like I just thought it was lame and not fun. And so a lot of my day was uh, scheduled around it and to be free of that is to be free of of the obsession and the the management of it which is amazing.
0: Yeah, wow. That that's such an incredible story. I am grateful that you share that story and I'm grateful that you share your work and your writing, because I can see online, I can I can tell that it's impacting so many, and and your work is impacting me as well. Let's let's dive a little deeper into boundaries. Um, I think that this is something that anyone listening, I feel like, it's something that is going to be relatable and helpful and a really important topic. So I am grateful to have your perspective. Why do... So many of us lack boundaries in our life, or even just like that fear, have that fear of creating them.
1: Uh, great question. I, I think it's probably one of the top questions I get online, especially. I think it it stems from a fear of like wanting to be liked and wanting to fit in and wanting to people please. I mean, the reality is we're humans and we want to connect and we need to connect. You know, we're built to have connection. Um, and what happens is, I think over the course of our childhood and early teens, we're kind of taught to um, not speak up or not to have boundaries. You know, a lot of times our parents don't have boundaries. And so, an example of that would be, you know, parents who discuss with their children, you know, a, a nasty divorce, or, you know, they discuss with their children. Uh, their financial issues, you know, and and they they burden their children with a lot of adult issues that really isn't fair to them. And so children grow up not only not understanding or having modeled for them boundaries, but not knowing that they're allowed to have boundaries, let alone where to start with it. And so a lot of us, myself included, enter adulthood kind of tiptoeing around people. And uh, I don't think that's what we're created to be or to do. Um, and so to answer your question, I think the fear comes from, uh, two things. We were, we are kind of taught not to have boundaries. Um, and then also we're afraid, we're afraid to start them because we're afraid to hurt people or to, uh, you know, afraid to upset people or, or to not be included anymore because oftentimes boundaries, um, let's be real, they do piss people off, you know, and that scares us. We don't want to ruffle feathers. But it's it's unfortunately unavoidable in this, in this journey. So
0: yeah, yeah, I feel like that has been a struggle for me. I definitely have that people pleaser quality. Um, so many of us do. So it can be hard. So I want to backpedal just a second. How do you define boundaries in case someone's like, well, what does that even mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, boundaries kind of, like in the last year or two, especially, I've become like this hype word. And I can see where people are like, what is that? You know, like, what does it even mean? Like, is it pushing people out or pushing people away? Or, you know, it sounds mean and aggressive. And it's none of that. You know, boundaries, Dr. Cloud, who's like one of my mentors, he wrote the book of boundaries um, with Dr. Townsend. And, you know, that was the first time I opened up something other than the Bible where I was like, whoa, here it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And he says that it's where I end and you begin. And I love that because that could mean financially, that could mean emotionally, that could mean physically, it could mean so many different things. And, and I think that if you if you think of like, this is mine to carry, and that's yours to carry, you know, we get ourselves in trouble when we, we step out of being responsible for ourselves and we begin to try to save and fix other people. So I find that emotionally, um, emotional boundaries are the hardest for people because we think if we're especially meant to be Christians and loving and caring people that we're meant to lose ourselves. Uh, There's this, you know, idea of sacrificial love that we're taught in like the fairy tale, you know, world of Disney. Um, okay. And, and it's just not true. And so I guess that would be it in a nutshell is just learning that it's okay for me to say, no, I'm not going to carry that for you. It doesn't mean I can't support and love you, but it means that I have to really put myself first. And that's actually uh, the most powerful way to be a good steward of your life, whether you believe in God or not, you know, you've, you've been given this one opportunity to, to move mountains. And if you're trying to move other people's mountains, you're, you're wasting your own life, you know? So, um, that's kind of the way I like to think of what a boundary is.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I can see how it can get mixed up. I mean, anytime anyone even talks about the word like self-care or the idea of putting yourself first, it can just, we just get so mixed up because there's so many different messages from, from different, whatever, you know, cultural circle you're in, there's so many different messages that say that is selfish. Obviously, it's not. And obviously, <laughs> there, there is a reason where, why we have, we have to kind of stand our ground and say, like you said, this is, what, this is what is for me to hold. This is what is for you to hold. I want to take a break to thank one of today's sponsors, Family Album. So, I discovered Family Album around the time we celebrated my daughter's second birthday, and I took about a million pictures that day. I take a lot of pictures of her every day, and I just love this way to store and share these pictures with my family. Family Album is a free app that helps you save, share, and remember the special moments in your child's life, and it makes sharing your child's photos and videos a fun experience. It creates these video and photo collages to make Looking Back even more special for you and your family. It allows you unlimited storage, so you can upload as many photos as you want, and once you invite your family members, the great thing is it will just notify them every time you upload new photos, so you don't have to text them and say, hey, check the family album. It just notifies them right away. My mom loves it every time it notifies her that there's a new photo in there. She's always texting me, oh, so cute. And I love sharing that with her and being able to share these photos so easily with her. Another great thing Family Album does is it automatically organizes your photos by date and month. I personally love that I can just swipe from month to month and relive all of my memories with my daughter. What I love most about the app is the one second movie feature. I honestly teared up a little bit when I first saw that there was a video that was created from the photos and videos that I had uploaded. I know you'll love Family Album as much as I do. So to download Family Album, it's a completely free app, go to Google Play or the Apple App Store and search for Family Album. All one word. That's Family Album, all one word. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, recently on Instagram, I saw that you posted something and you titled it Boundaries 101. So I would mm-hmm. love to talk about that. For the woman who is just beginning to create boundaries in her life, what are some of the first steps?
1: Sure. Um, So, I think that post started with, you know, say what you mean or need without apologizing. And I think that, again, we've kind of been taught, as women especially, um, to, to, you know, kind of play small, be polite, sit pretty, and apologize. Um, And it's a habit. But what it does is it kind of reaffirms how we already feel about ourselves, which is like, I'm not worthy of this space. I'm not allowed to have thoughts and ideas. Um, And so I try to tell people like, you're allowed to ask for what you need without apologizing or without excusing it away. So we get lots of opportunity to do that during our day. So take, for example, a woman gets asked to Um, you know, volunteer at whatever event, and she knows she can't do it. Um, Instead of just saying, no, I can't do it, we often say, no, I can't do it. I'm so sorry. I've got this thing. And then we're backpedaling, and it really just stifles our own esteem and our own dignity and our own confidence, and we don't even realize it. And so I tell people, start with that. You know, when you say no, don't apologize. It doesn't make you rude. It doesn't make you um, disrespectful. And what it does is it just helps build you back up to that place where I am deserving of, of this boundary and it doesn't make me a bad friend. So it's kind of challenging those old narratives and those old beliefs that we carry that often are, you know, kind of rooted in a lot of the words that we say and we don't even realize it's very like unconscious. And so awakening to that, I think that women apologize way too much. um, And we don't need to, you know, say the apology for when you're actually sorry you know?
0: Right, right. When you actually did something wrong, because right. saying saying no is not doing something wrong. It's, no, yeah.
1: it's not. It's not. And it really, it really just, it, it really just reaffirms that, that old belief that we carry, whether from childhood or an abusive relationship or a failed career, that, you know, I'm not worthy of this space and I'm not allowed to stand up for this. And so I think just saying no or just, you know, during the day when you have these opportunities, and it happens all the time. I think when you become more aware of how many boundary opportunities like of practice we have in a day, it's amazing. Like I would, I would say we have an opportunity like 50 times a day. Yeah. And whether with our husband, our children, the mailman, um, you know, I've got contractors at my house right now. I had to set a boundary the other day on something that I was really uncomfortable about, but I did it and what it did, I I was so proud of myself because the reality is when we stuff our needs, no matter how small or how big, um, it it casts a vote in our like bucket of confidence and worthiness and enoughness. Or it casts a vote in our, I'm undeserving, I'm unworthy, I'm not enough. It really does. And, it, and it, I think that those little shifts throughout the day can really build us up or break ourselves down. And, and by the way, I was really challenged by it. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm so proud of myself. But I knew in that moment, if I didn't do this for myself, that I would walk around the rest of the day with my tail between my legs feeling uh, unworthy, you know? Yeah. And simple, simple interactions with people do that to us. It's not the big things. You know, the simple things are what what help us build that muscle for the big things, you know?
0: Yeah, that's so good. I mean, in some ways, I know that the idea of saying no to things that either we're not comfortable with or just things that... We don't want to stretch ourselves thin for or things that just aren't in our wheelhouse. Whatever it is, when we do that, it gives us power back that that belongs to us, and it gives us that feeling that okay, you know, I am worthy and I am enough, even if I can't do all the things. Like I'm enough because I am a human, you know. Right. <laughs> not, right. That my my ability to do everything does not inform that. So. I just love that concept of the fact that every small, every small decision to set a boundary, but gives us our confidence and helps us know and remember our worth.
1: Every time we betray ourselves in the little moments, it adds up. Like it, it's like a little nick in your side. Like it's, it's like literally a form of self abuse. And I believe that because we're so used to um, not having our needs met or not knowing how to communicate them. Or, you know, kind of getting the uh, smaller end of the stick or whatever is like that. that's become uh, customary so that when you you begin boundary work, it's really uncomfortable because it's like speaking another language. And not only is it another language you're learning, but people around you also are like, whoa, who is this new woman, you know? And so that's uncomfortable too because then you're managing your own discomfort and then you have this like... Desire to fall back on your old skills of managing other people's discomfort, and that 's what I always say is you can manage your boundaries or you can manage other people, but you can't do both, and you have to decide and it 's up to you. Um, one of the biggest um, signals for me when I start to kind of fall down that rabbit hole of managing other people is I literally get phys- physical symptoms like stomach aches, headaches, i can't sleep I, I, like i 'm uh, manifesting um, lack of boundaries, um, in my body because I'm not protecting myself and I'm not creating a safe space for myself and I'm not advocating for myself. And so that energy literally gets absorbed. Um, and I'll say to myself, Oh, I think a boundary needs to be set somewhere in this. Like I'm not doing well with this friendship or I'm not doing well with this event or whatever it is, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Kind of leaning towards, motherhood a little bit here. What are some boundaries that you think are maybe like very simple starting points that we might need to set as moms?
1: I think when I became a mom, it was really um, a big uh, factor in setting boundaries for a number of reasons. One, I wanted to, you know, when I'm, when I'm like, so used to treating myself like crap uh, is one thing. But when I have this little child in my life now, who's now my responsibility, it totally heightened the, the need to like keep her safe. You know what I mean? And so it was no longer mm-hmm. about me. And so boundaries work a couple of ways with my children now. Boundaries, you know, I like to model for them boundaries because I want them to be powerful and, and not be those women that grow up apologizing for having ideas or needs or, or thoughts or differences. And so the best way to teach boundaries as a parent is to model them in your own home. Um, you know, there's another aspect to that. Like my husband and I have date night once a week. And so we have boundaries on our marriage that keep our children out. You know, I think we forget yeah. about that as moms. Like, that's a very powerful boundary, um, and so there's certain ways that that you know that kind of comes up. Um, and and I think I think the biggest one that moms um, are afraid of, and this is just a day to day like example, is when our child is asked, you know, to give a hug to like Uncle Joey, or mm-hmm. um, to say, you know, please and thank you, because we've been taught that like, that's politeness, you know, and that's respecting our elders. And for me, um, like I whistleblow on that because for a number of reasons, not only does a research back it, but, but because like, I'm never going to put my child in an unsafe, uncomfortable situation to teach them a lesson. That's not how it works. You know, um, children have to feel safe and connected in order to learn, and a lot of times we're forcing our children, especially toddlers, to to do a behavior or an act that, uh, that they're not even developmentally ready for, like in their brain, right? And so uh, I think that, you know, just for example, forcing a kid to share, like that's mm-hmm. a boundary that my husband and I, like we don't we're not on the, like the sharing bandwagon. We're just not, I don't think it's appropriate for young kids. And I definitely don't think that forcing a child to share is what teaches them, you know, empathy and compassion and consideration. Um, So that's one. And then, you know, another one is like I said, the physical side of like hugging, I don't care who it is. You know um, I don't think it's disrespectful to grandma or grandpa if my two-year-old doesn't want to give you a hug. In fact, I think that in order to, to receive respect, we have to, to give respect. And yeah. I think that's where the gentle parenting comes in a little bit too. Um, but it's allowing my children the boundary of saying, no, I don't want to give a hug right now. We can give a high five you know, or we can try it again later. So I think little shifts like that in my parenting has broken cycles of, hey, I see you, I hear you, and I know you're only two, but you're allowed to say no. That way when she's 16 or 18 and she's saying no, that mommy still has her back. You know what I mean? Like they have to be able to to speak up now. And I think as parents, we kind of fall into that fear cycle of becoming like domineering, controlling like getting the behavior we want from them without seeing the un, the unmet need and, and the opportunity to connect and really uh, guide our children.
0: Right. Right. I totally agree with that. And I've seen that it's just so when our kids aren't developmentally ready for things like sharing, which it's so hard to do because going back to kind of the beginning of our conversation, you know, There's so much noise telling us that everything's supposed to look a certain way and our kids are supposed to be able to share by the time they are 18 months or whatever. And
1: And it goes back to what we said in the beginning about people pleasing. Like, so now we want our our mom friends to like us and like Mm -hmm. we... And we do it at the expense of our children. Like we do it at the expense of empowering them. And then what that does is it just passes the baton of like, hey, remember, you're small. We have to make people like us. And that's how we do it, by like giving them what they want, by not speaking up for ourselves. Now, to somebody who's listening, they're going to be like, that's ridiculous. A two-year-old doesn't think that by being forced to share. Well, the reality is, you know, when they're exposed to something over and over and over and their needs are constantly being overlooked, and if they say no to something and we force them to do yes, that is a belief that gets instilled. Now, it might, might not reveal itself until they're 16, 17, 18 or, or older, but the reality is is we have such great opportunity as parents to, to take this knowledge, to take this research and not be perfect at it. I still mess up. I still go to play dates and I'm so extremely uncomfortable. Not as much as I used to be, but I'm probably the one only mom in the room that's like, no, like when she's done with her toy, she'll give you an opportunity to play with it. You know, and other moms look at me like, how rude is that? Right? That's right. hard for me to to carry, but it's a lot lighter for me to carry than putting that burden on my child to bend who she is and what she needs and and more times than not my child is done with it in 30 seconds and she gives it to the little kid and then they have a moment of like actual sharing that isn't forced by the adults in the room right like that's what we want is intrinsic motivation, like children that actually want to share. But like you said, it's two, three, four, they're just not developmentally ready. And so we're asking them to speak Mandarin and they're like, okay, I'm memorizing words, but it means nothing to me, you know? Yeah, Yeah.
0: I mean, if, if it doesn't get instilled starting at an early age, then where does it come from? It's these messages that do, they start at the, at an early age and we never stop hearing them. And so that's what we come to believe um, unless unless someone's telling us dif- differently and giving us permission um, yeah. to kind of hold our ground. So let's talk about how do boundaries contribute to healing? We want to start believing and telling ourselves a different story and, and healing from these stories that are harmful that, that we've believed all of our lives. Um, so, so how do boundaries contribute to that? To the healing from childhood wounds or whatever hurt that might be manifesting in our lives.
1: So, you know, a couple things come to mind when you ask that. The first one is obviously boundaries with with people that you know aren't aligned with where you're headed. And so, um, when I was drinking and partying, all my friends were drinkers and partyers. And so, when I got sober, I had to change my friends. Now, I still have a couple of them that um, you know encourage and accept the new me, but but a lot of them just were no longer, uh, supportive, not by, by like, they weren't consciously like saying, Hey, like you're not drinking anymore. You're not a part of this, but I, I didn't, we didn't have the same priorities. And so a boundary with that is like when I was invited to certain things, I would have to set a boundary with myself saying, no, I'm not going to go do that. Like, that's not where I want to be, what I want to be doing anymore. And so like, that's a boundary, um, that, that, again, cast that vote into my healing, right? Like sometimes yeah. I would feel left out, but I'd have to look at the bigger picture. Like I'm not going to sit in a room with people that are doing things that I no longer want to do. Like if we're going to be friends and we can meet for coffee or we can go for a beach walk or we can take a yoga class together, but I'm not going to, um, put myself in situations that no longer, no longer align with, with my needs. Um, and then, you know, there's other, there's other boundaries that contribute, um, I think, to my healing and probably to others. You know, things like um, scrolling on social media is a, is a great self-boundary where you can show up for yourself. Um, you know, a lot of people set timers on their, their use or they take weekends off or they shut it down after five to be with their family or whatever. But, you know, if you're scrolling and you find yourself feeling agitated or depressed or you know your confidence is plummeting or whatever it is like that's something to check out and to look at you know and, yeah. and i mean the books you read the tv you watch all of that contributes to to your healing you know um and i think a major one for me in the last couple of years has been just like working out and and you know setting a boundary with myself that i'm going to show up for myself like 20 30 minutes a day and get movement in you know and so I don't want to wake up at five, but I do because to me, I don't wait for motivation anymore um, Mm -hmm. because it's just not going to happen. But I know I'm a much better mom and wife and writer and just human. When I get up, you know, I, I get a little alone time. I pray. I might do some breath work or whatever and I go work out. And so, you know, I think that when we betray ourselves for so long, something like skipping a workout is like the norm. But when you right. get on this path of like showing up for yourself, not because you feel like it, but because you don't like, you're like, okay, my emotions don't run me. Like I'm in charge of my life. I can have a bad you know, day. I can be PMSing. My kids can, you know, be up twice last night, but I'm still going to do this for me because it's, it's part of my healing. Like this is the scaffolding of which I built so that when I have bad days, I can fall back on this. You know, and so it's kind of like a non-negotiable. I talk about that quite a bit. Like, what are your non-negotiables? And boundaries are going to help you keep your non-negotiables intact each day. You know, right? Um, and so, like, that's going to look different from everybody. And there's different seasons of life. Like, let's be real. When you have like a newborn, you're not going to be like hitting in the gym for thirty minutes, nor should you be. You know, maybe then your your self care or your your boundaries for yourself is like, hey, I'm not going to sit on social media all day like, while I'm nursing my baby. Like, I'm going to do some journaling or listening, listen to some good pot. Like, I'm going to fuel myself with the good stuff, you know? Mm. And only you know that. Like, you know what works for you and what doesn't. And your body will tell you when you start tuning in. Um, some people, you know, being on social media all day doesn't affect them. I mean, I don't know any of those people, but you <laughs> yeah. know, I guess it's possible. But, you know, so I just think being um, really aware to, like what you need and where you want to go. And, and just pouring that into yourself with, you know, healthy, supportive friends, with good foods, with, you know, healthy choices. And to me, boundaries, again, are like the framework to all of that. Because without boundaries, you know, you're going to eat that 20th cookie, you're going to call that ex-boyfriend, you're going to uh, show up at your aunt's house where, you know, she's trashed all night and, you know, she's going to talk to you about breastfeeding when you don't want to or whatever, you know, right. and but that's boundaries. And it really starts with, with the boundaries we, we put on ourselves, you know, because we kind of are the creator of our day. Yeah. Um, and I think that that all kind of, that for me anyway, is what keeps me on this, this journey of healing and kind of self-discovery um, so far.
0: I want to take a minute to thank one of today's sponsors prep dish prep dish is a meal planning service that sends you an email with a meal plan, grocery list, and prep ahead instructions every single week so that all of your meals are planned out and completely ready for the week. You can even choose from gluten-free, paleo, and keto options. It makes eating healthy so much easier, and the meals are also delicious, and they're even toddler-approved in my house. There's no guesswork when it comes to actual meal time each day, which for a mom is basically a lifesaver. Not only does it make meal planning easier, you literally no longer even have to think about it. This is such a time saver for the busy mom and with holidays coming up, it's nice to have one less thing to think about. I've personally been loving using Dish for months now because it's taken meal planning off my plate and given me more time for the things I enjoy doing, which meal planning just honestly isn't one of them. The best part, Allison, the founder, is offering listeners of Minimalish a two-week free trial so you've got nothing to lose. That's two weeks of meals planned out for you, grocery lists and prep included for free so head to prepdish.com slash minimalish to try it out that's prepdish.com slash minimalish to try it out all right let's get back to the show yeah that's so good and I I think once we kind of set out on that journey as it's easy to just think that okay now this is the norm because I so often maybe you feel this way too. I feel like now that I've started to make choices to kind of craft my life the way that feels right and feels like, okay, this is the direction I'm called in, but also it's the direction that, that feels like I'm taking care of myself and I'm making choices for myself. It feels like once you start doing that, although there is pushback, we just want to tell the world about it, but it's, it really is amazing how I can look back before that and I can like look at my life and and see that I just didn't believe that there was an option for me to actually carve out time for myself in my day or I just didn't believe that it was possible for me to start a routine that involved actually taking care of myself and following through. Um, what did that look like for you to make those first steps in your life? When did that start for you? When did that journey start for you?
1: Well, So when I first got sober, and this boundary work started happening, like I was also pregnant. And so I was managing sobriety, managing these new boundaries, and then like expecting my first child. And so that was a lot. And I remember just saying to myself, you know, just be patient with yourself, because this is this is a this is a really new road, like all of it, you know, and so I think not everybody's going to agree, but I think it's important to, to kind of fake it until you make it meaning Mm -hmm. I didn't feel worthy of saying no, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel, I still have my people pleasing tendencies. I still get uncomfortable when I feel like I've upset somebody like I'm an empath at heart and, and I can totally absorb the feelings and needs of people around me. And so, um, it's still a struggle, but But I knew that the only way I would be able to ever believe of my own worth was to start creating these boundaries and these behaviors around me that, that reflected that. Do you know what I'm saying? So I had to build the world around me in order for myself to step into it and believe it. Because I think, I think there's, I don't really know if there's another way. Like I didn't wake up and say, Okay, I'm a child of God and all my past is gone and I'm amazing and this is it. You know, it was like a four year journey up until now to get to where I'm like, hell yeah, I deserve this. You yeah. know, like I'm a good mom, I'm a good wife, I'm busting my butt, I'm made for great things. Like, but it was a four year journey. And, and I, st- like I said, I still have days where I'm like, holy crap, this is a really hard conflict with a friend. And I struggle, but I know what I kind of need to do, you know? Mm. And so I think fake it till you make it. Like, look at your life, look at your world, look at your day and say, what is one thing I can change today or I can add today or remove today that is going to help me believe in me? You know, like, because the reality is if your day, if your relationships, if your world around you doesn't reflect the self-worth that you really want and need, it's not going to happen. You know, it's going to constantly be in conflict. Like you can't have a bunch of drinking friends and be sober. You can't have um, a bunch of people that eat out every day and go to McDonald's every day and want to stay fit and lose weight. Like you can't have, um, you know, a bunch of single friends and want to have a healthy marriage. Like that's just the facts, you know? Um, or, or you can, but you won't be happy and you won't feel inspired and and supported. So I think that in order to start setting boundaries, you have to look at your world and say, is this who I want to be? Are these friends who I want to be? Are they going where I want to go? You know, is my morning routine setting me off on a good start? I mean, for me, it started 20 minutes early. I remember I used to get out of bed when my baby would cry and I'd walk down the hall in my pajamas, cranky as can be, like not happy to see her, wish I could sleep some more. Maybe I'd bring her back in bed with me for 20 minutes. Then we'd make breakfast and I'd like change her diaper was such a chore. And now it's like, you know, I'm up an hour and a half before them. And it's like a magical time because I can get my mind right. I can eat a little, I lay out things for the day, you know, like I'm the creator of my day. You know, I'm in charge of my day. My day's not running me. It's not perfect. It's like, there's still days I wake up cranky just an hour and a half earlier, you know? (laughs) Like, let's be real. But I think that that's that's the best way to start. Start small, but look around and say, what is something that I can adjust that will, again, cast that vote into my self-worth bucket? Because over time, when you cast enough votes, you're going to look at yourself and go, hell yeah, I'm worth it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, but you can only do that. You can only build that up. Like no, no job, no, you know, a student child, no romantic relationships going to do that for you. That's, that's the inner work.
0: Yeah. That's so good. And I'm so glad you said that about mornings because I, I always talk about mornings and you know, obviously there are seasons when mornings just don't work as well. Like if you have a newborn, but At the same time, I had that same, like the same story of just, there was a summer when my daughter was, I think she was about seven months old and I just started waking up so cranky when I would wake up with her. And I'm like, this is just not how I want my day to go. But I think so many of us just stay caught in that, just believing like, okay, this is how, this is just motherhood. This is just how my day is going to go. I just start cranky because they start cranky. And And we do have the power to change that. And maybe I think for a lot of us, it could be just waking up, you know, 20 minutes earlier or however much time you can get. I know right now I just like crave that time and I use it for things that I love to do. But for others, it might look like a different time of the day, but it's just saying that, okay, I'm I'm a human too. I spend, I pour all of my time into other people during the day and I'm worthy of pouring time into myself at some point in this day. Um, so I think mornings or whatever, whatever time you can make a routine for yourself that works for you to just, I don't know, be a human, like fill in your own needs, whether that's a workout or journaling or whatever, then that Is such an important boundary to set and for me that was one of the first boundaries that I set that has rolled over into so many other things that
1: like builds on itself right exactly yeah
0: okay so what resources do you have available to kind of start this work
1: yeah so uh, you know, my blog is where I upload a lot of my videos. Like I did a workshop with Dr. Cloud on his page a couple months ago, and I'm probably going to repost that soon because the holidays I know are really hard for people with boundaries. Um, and so I have like a boundaries with family workshop on my blog. If you scroll down, you'll find a video in one of the, the, the blogs. Um And then I also have a reading list, which I find I've got two different reading lists, one, um, particularly for for parents, and then another one I call healing reads. And it includes like my top eight books that I just I love. They come from like a variety of genres. And so I think that there's something for everyone. And then again, I always post on Instagram. So I try to post quite often when I can. I'm at Courtney J. Berg, um, which I'm sure you'll probably type out in the caption here. But
0: yeah, I love yeah. following along with you there. So we'll put all of that in the show notes as well. So um, I have loved our conversation on boundaries. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you said yes to being on the show and to sharing your story and and the work that you do on here. But I like to end with two kind of fun questions. So the first one is, what is something you're simplifying right now in your
1: life? So I just moved like four weeks ago. And I moved with like a suitcase because our closets weren't done. We hadn't sold our old house yet. And so I didn't really need to move everything yet. But I kid you not, I've been like living out of a suitcase and I love it because it's like five workout outfits, five regular outfits, like two pairs of pajamas. And it's been amazing. Uh, and Now I'm at the point where like the closets are done and I can move the rest of my stuff, but I'm actually like thinking about just having my husband take the rest of it to goodwill yeah, Uh, because like I really um, don't need it. Like there's, there's products under my bathroom sink at the old house that I'm like, I don't even know what's there. And I don't even think it matters. Like I have a little bag of makeup. I've got one hairbrush, like, and I like it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I feel like I've kind of had to like get away from it a while to realize what matters. And I know that you're, you're big on that stuff too is like, um, but, and Courtney Carver, I think we both know be more with less. Yeah. She, she has like a project three, And I'm like, I think I did that on like accident. Like, I'm <laughs> like, I feel like, so, so to answer your question, like, I feel like I'm simplifying my closet and I didn't really think I needed to, cause I did it before the move, but now I've done it even more. I'm like, I've got jeans and a white shirt. What else do I need? Like yeah. a woman can live in jeans and a white shirt. So so true. I, think th- I think that's where I'm at right now.
0: I love that. I My husband and I were just traveling this weekend. We just got back and he uh, yesterday like got a bag of his stuff together. He's like, after I travel, I just feel like I need to get rid of even more clothes because and we've pared down our clothes so much already. Just like I can live off of like three shirts. And you really like, why do I need this? It's just... Adds to my decisions I have to make in a day. Um, It's so true. And moving is such a good time to do that as well. My last question is, what is something that you can't stop talking about right now?
1: I think we can't stop talking about adoption. I don't know if you knew we're like adopting. That's been like on the top, on the table every day. Yeah. Talking about that. I mean, I know that's a more of a bigger, bigger topic, but it's been like, it's been pretty big because we're at the end here and we're doing courses. And so that's been a, major thing um, that we've been talking about. And then I always, I I love talking about this stuff, boundaries and healing. Like I won't ever stop talking about that, you know? Yeah. I guess that's one personal, one professional. Yeah. I haven't really been eating anything fun lately. (laughs) <laughs> have you been eating anything fun lately? I have this
0: ranch dressing. It's the um, organic girl ranch dressing Ooh. and it's expensive, but I makes my salad so much better and it's, you know, got good ingredients and good. it's not like super high in fat. Not that I'm afraid of fat, but it's like my fun thing. I've been eating. Oh, I've been
1: cre- I've been doing root beers lately. That's probably something I've been, I actually got in the car. I don't, I try not to have sodas in the house and I like got in a car yesterday and drove and got myself a root beer. So maybe that's something I don't think I'm talking. Well, I guess I am talking about it. I told my husband, I'm like, I'm gonna go get a root beer. He's like, okay. <laughs> so I, yeah, I guess that's a couple of fun things. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, well, it's been so fun to chat with you. I'm so glad that we got this opportunity to sit down and talk. Um, so, thank you so much me again. Me too.
1: Thank yeah. you for having me. There's a train yeah. going by my house now. You gotta get okay. like, train. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Lots of background noise to end it.
0: I hope that this episode empowered you and gave you some tools that you need to just get started with setting boundaries in your life, or just evaluate what boundaries have you set? What boundaries really need to be set? Because I think it's kind of a life work type of thing. Kind of like Courtney said, you don't really necessarily arrive at this place where you never have to worry about setting another boundary. It's something where we we reevaluate when we're feeling like, okay, something's off do I need to set a boundary here? So I just hope that this episode gives you a starting place for that because this is important work to be doing in our lives. And make sure you're following along with Courtney because she is amazing and her encouragement on these topics is just continuous, and I know that you'll gain so much value from her. I am super glad that Courtney mentioned mornings and morning routines. If you've listened for any length of time, you know that I am all about my mornings. I've talked about that on here a few times, and if you're following along on Instagram, I talk about mornings there quite often. Mornings have transformed my life. Waking up earlier than my daughter has been the time of the day where I completely... Created and built this podcast, which has become my job. It's been a time of day where I'm able to get quiet and dig into journaling and understanding who I am and what's important to me. It's been a time where I've been able to pray and draw near to my faith and to God. And it's also been a time where I move my body and I work out. And it's just been a time that's been so important to me. It's changed a lot over the course of the year and a half that I've been waking up early now. And I have created a Morning Companion journal because what hasn't changed all this time has been the lists that I make every morning. I have made lists from the beginning, and actually they have changed. They have grown, but there are two lists that I started with. I started with a gratitude list and an affirmations list, and now those lists have grown. It's kind of like a five-part list-making thing that I do every morning, now I start with a surrender list. I do gratitude, affirmations. I write out a purpose statement every morning and I end with a just super focused to-do list of the one most important thing that I want to get done. And that is what Simple Morning Lists, which is my morning companion journal, which is coming by the end of this week. So you can check back on this episode i'll have the link here when it's available i'm self-publishing it through amazon so my timeline is a little bit off just because i wanted it to be out today but amazon can tend to take its time with things and i really don't have any control over what day it will actually be out but it should be out by the end of this week so like i said check back here for the link i am so excited about this it's going to give you a template to make these lists every day. These lists that I believe are completely transformational and there's also 12 weekly challenges and little short essays to go along with them throughout this journal. It's a 12-week journal and I just can't wait for you to get your hands on it if it sounds like something that you would love. You don't have to do it in the mornings. That's of course when I suggest it, but obviously we all have different situations and some of us can't wake up early for whatever reason. If you have a newborn, you shouldn't wake up early earlier than your kids because maybe you need to sleep but either way it's just a way to set up your days intentionally and it's a good start for creating a boundary in your life for saying that hey this time i i'm giving myself 20 minutes to myself to set up my day to reflect to make these lists and to better myself Carving out that time, counting it as important, not skipping that time, that is a great start for a boundary. So that is literally coming around the corner. And I cannot wait. I will tell you all right away when it's available. There will be a link in the show notes to get on my email list because my email list will be the first to know and the first to get that link when it is available. So if you want to get on there, I send out really fun emails every Monday and my email list gets all the free good stuff. So definitely get on that list if you're not there already. All right, friend, that is all I had for today's episode. I'm so glad that you hung out here today and I hope you know I'm always cheering you on towards a more intentional life and towards living a life that you truly love, which really can start with building boundaries into your life. So... I hope you're encouraged to do that today. I hope to see you back right here again next week. Make sure you've subscribed if you have not already so that you don't miss an episode. I hope that you have a fantastic day, friend. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death